0: You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist, been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps, and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. No doubt you're aware of the well-worn expression that seeing is believing. And yet, modern neuroscience flips that on its head. So, effectively, we now know, as a scientific fact, that believing is seeing. A lot has been written, a lot has been said about visualization, and effectively, what modern neuroscience says, for starters, and it's only for starters, and we need to bear this in mind, is that. If you see something with your mind's eye, it's as good as seeing the real thing. If you can imagine that you're looking at something, the parts of the brain that would normally look at the real thing will be activated in the same way as if they were actually looking at what you're imagining. Now, there's a lot more to it than that, and we will go into it over the coming episodes, but. In this episode, I want to sidestep what I've just said and move into a discussion on what is widely known as manifestation. Because effectively, authors and gurus, God help us, uh, will take the whole notion that you can simply visualize something and it'll come to pass and con people into the idea that all I have to do is see what I want to achieve in my mind's eye, believe it, possibly write it down, stick it on the fridge, there's a whole book written about that, and all I need then do is sit back and wait for it to happen. If you were to believe these people, you could handsomely win the lottery without having ever bothered to buy a ticket. It is of course absolute nonsense, and yet there are plenty of people prepared to believe this and pay money for being conned into the notion that this is how the world can work if you just kind of set your mind to it. Uh, actually, uh, I read an article recently in the Guardian newspaper that talked about manifestation. It actually mentioned manifestation of the one of well as one of the things you could do whilst. You're on lockdown. Now, I really don't understand that at all, because basically what the newspaper said was, oh, manifestation means that you get what you want through sheer willpower. I bet you, over the years, you have grappled with your willpower. I know at this time of the year, and we're only into early February, people will have been let down again by their willpower as they come to terms with the idea that they're going to have to pack away their New Year's resolutions, keep them safe and sound, ready to be dusted off again in another 11 months. That is how normal people live their lives. Actually no, I need to correct myself on that. That is how normal people exist from one day to the next, dragging themselves, struggling from one Groundhog Day to another. Clearly it is simply ridiculous to suggest that I can sit down and imagine something into reality. But let me stop you right there for a minute because this enables us get in underneath the hood or the bonnet of manifestation. Because to be quite honest in our ordinary everyday normally minded lives that could be described As a top level explanation of what creates our Groundhog Day today. Stuff happened you when you were young and impressionable during your formative years. You learned that stuff or more importantly you learned how you felt about that stuff through snapshot learning. It became what we euphemistically call our baggage, the chips on both your shoulders. You carry this stuff around with you every day, subconsciously granted, so normally you're not aware of it, and you constantly imagine and reimagine those original events and the original impact that they had upon your perception of yourself. And in the process, your imagining and reimagining creates your version of reality it manifests into the here and now as your Groundhog Day, which will be largely the same as yesterday, and tomorrow will largely be a repeat performance, for the very reason that you are continuing to manifest stuff based on your imagining of stuff that happened to you when you were young and impressionable. Now, that's the the high-level explanation. There's a lot more to it than that and it bears a little scrutiny for the simple reason that it opens a door into how we can manifest other things in our lives. Things we would really like to achieve. Now again I am conscious of the fact that I've used a word that I don't like manifest and I've explained why I don't like it because there is an inherent suggestion that manifestation is something that you just imagine and it all kind of falls into place. Think about somebody, think about yourself perhaps, something happened to you when you were three or four, or maybe five or even six years of age that made you feel bad about yourself. Now, you don't need to go back digging, but if something immediately springs to mind, that's cool because you're going to use this as an understanding of how you feel about yourself in the here and now, decades later. Here and now, decades later, as an apparently grown-up person, you are living through the day by using the knowledge that you learned when you were young and impressionable. So if something happens nowadays, as an adult, you will squeeze it into a little box that formed in your mind when you were young and impressionable. Cognitive psychology calls these boxes categories. They're like little pigeonholes, like the old-fashioned pigeonholes behind a hotel reception desk. And when new things happen, you now, in the here and now, in the 21st century, you go looking for the pigeonhole that was formed through the formative experiences for which you took psychological snapshots when you were young and impressionable and you force today's new event into one of those pigeonholes. Now there's an evolutionary reason for it which we won't go into here today but there is a very good evolutionary reason for it or at least it was a good reason ten thousand years ago when we were prancing through the jungle as hunter-gatherers, there's no good reason for it nowadays, when our lives are more complex, our goals are more diverse than simply surviving, and there are things we would love to achieve in our lives rather than just making it through the day. But something happens to you now in 2021 and you force that new experience into one of these pigeonholes to enable you automatically react to what's going on as part and parcel of the machinery that you use to enable you make it through today. In other words, you're not going to suddenly react completely differently. You're not going to leap out of your comfort zone. We've talked about comfort zones over the last couple of weeks. You're not going to suddenly be somebody totally different you are going to ensure that you stay within the little lines that are on the rails on which your life is running. Because it's safe, it's secure, and at least you won't kill yourself today. So, you will not experience the new thing that happens today. You will experience, or re-experience, imagine, or reimagine what happened to you when you were three, four, or five years old. Through this process, known as cognitive appraisal, you make sense of the here and now, obviously by virtue of the fact that it is the here and now, and you're using stuff that's decades out of date to make sense of it. You're not making sense of the here and now at all. You're actually making nonsense of it. But this is the process we go through to try to understand what's going on in the here and now, and what I need to do that'll simply enable me to make it through the day. In other words, how can I react in the same way as I have always reacted to situations similar to the situation I am currently experiencing. In that way, our imaginings and reimaginings, what's actually going on in our head, manifest our version of reality. But they manifest our version of reality through our reactions, through what we do in the here and now, through how we behave or misbehave in the here and now as a result of those imaginings and reimaginings. And as a result of all that, manage how we interact with other people and create our experience of what is going on now. We call that experience reality, but of course it's quite far removed from actually what's going on in the here and now. So, this is how our minds work normally. And it is, if you like, what's going on in our head that is outpictured into our lives and one could be forgiven for simplifying the whole process and saying, well, actually, I'm manifesting my version of reality. The normal way in which the word manifestation is used by the so-called gurus to which I referred earlier on however, takes out the doing bit, the acting or the reacting bit, the behaving or misbehaving bit. In other words, the suggestion is that I just have to imagine what I really want to happen and it will simply come about. In the same way as I imagine now the circumstances in which I find myself are the same as the circumstances for which I created a category decades ago and it simply just creates my version of reality. The bit that these gurus or these proponents of manifestation are missing is the doing bit. And that is what I want to talk about in this episode. If you want to achieve something that you haven't achieved already, you need to see it in your mind's eye. All the wishing, hoping, wanting and planning in the world will not enable you achieve something that you have no experience of achieving. And that is why people set out to achieve new things in their lives, have grand plans and great ambitions and they all come to naught because their mind hasn't got its head around what it looks like to be that success or that person. Whereas their mind is well and truly entrenched in a version of them that they learned when they were young and impressionable that will always hold them back from doing new things. This refers to me, it refers to you, it refers to every human being on the planet until we reset our minds. The books that are written on manifestation suggest that the resetting of the mind is all that you need. You just need to reset the mind, sit back and as I said win the lottery without bothering to go out to buy a ticket. The bit, as I said a minute ago, in the middle that is missing from that theory is the doing bit. A man or a woman has got to do what a man or a woman has got to do. I mentioned the term visualisation earlier on and no doubt you are familiar with the term visualisation. Having a vision of what you would love to achieve there are a variety of different versions of visualization. You may be familiar with vision boards. In other words, you get something nice, it could be framed, stick it up on the wall and stick pictures on the board of the things you would love to have. Now there's an issue with that that I have straight away because happiness isn't about having stuff. Happiness is, is an experience. It may be an experience born out of having some of the accoutrement of success but happiness comes from within. It doesn't come from having material things. (laughs) And as an aside, an important aside, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having material things. I'm just saying that the two of them are not linked in our subconscious mind, the subcortical brain, where happiness is something different altogether. But you'll be familiar with concepts around visualization and vision boards. What the latest research from neuroscience tells us is that that's not enough. Certainly, if I look at a picture of, say, say I want a yacht, now I know that's about as material as you will get, but say I want an ocean-going yacht to make myself feel better about myself because I feel inadequate in the first place. Sorry, I'm being facetious there. Actually, I'm not. I'm explaining why most people want nice things in their lives. But say I want a yacht, just for the sake of argument. I want a yacht, I stick a photograph of a big, beautiful yacht up on the wall, and I look at it every day. And yet my subconscious mind is looking the other way. The way in which our minds are wired is that our subconscious mind is always looking backward, towards those pigeonholes that I mentioned earlier on and towards the stuff we learned about ourselves when we were young and impressionable. And between the two of those backward-looking activities, we create the way in which we behave ourselves today. And we're always looking at the board and eventually we'll find ourselves saying to ourselves, well, that's a lovely picture, but nothing much has changed in my life. And the reason nothing much has changed in your life is that looking at a picture like that is only scratching the surface of what modern neuroscience says about how we can use visualization, amongst other things, to impress our subconscious mind in a way that will enable it to take a new psychological snapshot which will rank alongside the psychological snapshots we took during our formative years and begin to change how we behave ourselves, begin to enable us start doing the right things and stop doing the things that keep us within our box, keep us within, living our lives through those pigeonholes. I said visualization among other things. You have five senses. You see, you feel, you hear, you smell, and you taste. Clearly, seeing is only one of those five senses. Now, it happens to be the most important of the five senses by virtue of the fact that it is psychological snapshots we take. We don't record psychological CDs and listen to them. We actually take psychological snapshots pictures that our subconscious mind goes and looks at. But that's only the beginning of the process of cognitive appraisal because when our subconscious mind goes and looks at a psychological snapshot, it's not the snapshot that enables us start doing the right or wrong things in the here and now, start acting or reacting, behaving or misbehaving in the here and now. It's not the seeing of the picture. the subconscious mind that enables us spring into action or wallow around in reaction. It is the emotion that goes with the psychological snapshot which is the second of the five senses that I mentioned. Seeing, feeling. We still have another three but let's stick with feeling for a minute because If I can impress upon my subconscious mind a feeling that goes with a picture of something I want to achieve or obtain, then I have unlocked a gateway into my subconscious mind that will enable me not just see a new picture, but get to the heart of how the subconscious mind enables me act behave and do the right things in the here and now. Let's, let's pull this apart. If I were to visualise something, look at that yacht, if I was to look at the photograph of the yacht and I was to sit there for 20 minutes drooling over the photograph of the yacht, the visual cortex in my brain would be engaged because I'm looking at something real. Clearly I'm looking at a photograph, but it's a two-dimensional picture. If I hand-wrote what I'm looking at in some level of detail and, more importantly, hand-wrote how it appeals to my mind and hand-wrote how I feel about how it appeals to my mind, hand-wrote the experience of looking at the yacht, of stepping onto the yacht, of being on the yacht, of feeling the sun on my face and the wind in my hair on the yacht, then my subconscious mind will start looking at that picture that I'm writing about, a word picture, in a way that immerses it in an experience that clearly hasn't happened yet, as if it were happening for real in the here and now. So the visual cortex in my brain would be activated as if I'm actually looking at the real thing, three dimensions, six dimensions, ten dimensions, if you were to look at quantum physics it could be a 12 or 15 dimensional picture that I'm immersed in. I'm immersed in the picture. I'm not looking at something flat on a vision board anymore. I have got in there. I'm sticky, I'm gooey in the experience of the moment. But more importantly than that, in handwriting, how I feel, handwriting the feeling of the experience of being on the yacht, of seeing the yacht, I am activating a part of the brain in my subconscious mind. The visual cortex is in a completely different part of the brain. If I'm handwriting about the experience, I'm down in the subcortical brain, the animal brain, that is designed, wait for it, to enable me do what I need to do to get that experience. I've talked before about the subcortical brain as beyond the thinking brain. It's the, it's the neural correlates, or the pieces of it are the neural correlates of the subconscious mind. It's the doing brain, it's the being brain. It is the part of the brain that enables us to do the right thing, in the right way, at the right time, to enable us to get and achieve and experience. That which we have seen in our mind's eye. That's it in a nutshell. That is how we manifest. We manifest by seeing, feeling, hearing, smelling and tasting. Immersing ourselves in an experience that we would love to have. We immerse ourselves by handwriting about it. But that sets us off in the right direction. That is the beginning of the process. That sets us off on a new set of rails, completely different from the set of rails on which our lives have been running up to now. And it sets us off on a set of rails that enable us, as I said a minute ago, do. Manifestation is not about seeing and believing. Manifestation is about seeing believing, and doing in that order. Or should I say, to be more precise, seeing, feeling, hearing, and even smelling and tasting in the mind's eye, as a result of which I believe, as a result of which I do new things, and I behave in different ways, and I interact with other people in different ways, and I do what I need to do to get to where I've already seen I am the load of science about this I've been doing this for just over 25 years at this stage I have a load of stories about how this works in practice and how it works for everybody who sets their mind in practice I know it works for me it is a sure fired guaranteed way of enabling you live the life you'd love to live consequently consequently you need to be awfully careful what you wish for. Because once you set your mind off on that new set of rails, it's going to go down that set of rails in the same way as it always went down the old set of rails before you set your mind off in a new direction. You need to be awfully careful what you wish for. So for example, as I said a moment ago, I've been doing this for 25 years. And most of the clients with whom I work, spend quite a bit of time talking with me about how they should go about understanding what it is they really, really want. I have been doing workshops in relation to this for 25 years. I've been working one-to-one with clients for 25 years. The online program, The Psychology of Success, has been up and running for over two and a half years at this stage. And the vast majority of conversations I have with one-to-one clients in workshops or in our Zoom sessions in the Psychology of Success online program, the vast majority of the conversations I have are around how do I ensure that I cultivate a state of mind that is sufficiently open and clear and understanding to enable me begin to fully understand what is best for me, what I really, 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 really want, as distinct from what I think I want. Most people start with what I think I want. And that's why I mentioned material things earlier on, because that's the starting point for normal people. And as we know from previous episodes, normal people are mad because they're not in control of their own state of mind it's the other way around so i'm i'm constantly getting emails from people who go through my free training for example because i'm constantly as you're probably aware putting out free training sessions uh, online and I'm constantly getting emails from people who are saying oh I'm doing my writing exercise now or I've got through the three, three free sessions and I'm ready to do my writing exercise and I keep saying to people no don't rush to put pen to paper you need to ensure that your mind is clear enough open enough and present enough for you to be able to understand the life that you really want to experience not the one your thinking mind has figured out. I hope, I hope over the course of this episode you are a little more open and enlightened in relation to manifestation, for want of a much better word. I hope that you are beginning to understand that it's what's going on inside your head That creates your version of reality. As a result of which, if you can change what's going on inside your head, you change what is actually going on in your real life. But that's only part of the story. As you know from previous episodes, there's a whole lot more we need to do to ensure that we are open enough, present enough, and clear enough to begin to take steps down the road of that understanding, which will inevitably, ultimately, lead us to a life way beyond the life that the thinking mind could ever imagine. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough, called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit wwwwillie